Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to the Kachat, the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? I'm John Bishop. And I'm John Bishop, but a car. And that, of course, was John Bishop, and I'm Lucas Southworth. I'm sorry I got that wrong the first time. Uh, You can switch those if you want. You probably should. That's the way it goes. But what are we talking about today, John? We're talking about how, and see, I think the joke would have worked better if you stayed John, but I'm John the car, because what we're talking about... (laughs) is the fact that in the cars verse there are just a bunch of cars who are real people but they're cars and i don't know what's what's up with that all right so are you saying that there are people who like exist are you talking about like just the general population of cars where they're all people who are cars no i'm talking about a select few johnny by the way, he's John, I'm Lucas, just in case that did, in case we have any new listeners or something, he's John Bishop, I'm Lucas Southworth. Uh, but uh, there are a few very specific examples within the Cars verse where they'll just show Jay Limo on the Jay Limo show, and he's voiced by Jay Leno, and it's Jay Leno, but he's Jay Limo and a car. And why is that a thing? And there are lots of examples of that, but Jay Limo is one of my favorites. So so in our world, uh, yeah. Jay Leno is a big fan of cars. Like he's got his own like YouTube series specifically dedicated to cars. It might be at Netflix. I don't know. He's really into cars. Sure. And my theory is that maybe specifically Jay Limo is a car that exists in that world because Jay Leno in our world built it okay we're hopping right into theory crafting i love it yeah i could see that so so he built his own car body and then how did that become in the cars first are we talking he transported it across universes are we talking this is a continuation of our universe and he built himself a car body to survive the carpocalypse or what oh lucas silly silly lucas it's it's obvious it's the illuminati okay sure I've, you're absolutely right. How could I be so foolish? Once you once you reach a certain uh, level of notoriety, a certain level of income, you become a member of the Illuminati. And if you ever disagree with the Illuminati, you get kicked out. So you'll see that like very well-known, very established celebrities just all of a sudden have no money. Why is that? It's the Illuminati. Okay. And that is how cars are also people from our world. No, you didn't. You didn't actually explain. That doesn't actually explain anything. You see, the Illuminati, they control everything, including the government and uh-huh. also ice cream. Sure. Ice cream in the in summer, uh, when ice cream sales go up, so does murder. Illuminati. Okay. What is the bit you're doing right now? What is the energy you're bringing to our podcast after we took a week off? Well, you see, some people... Yeah. 
exist in our world. That's true. And then the Illuminati mm-hmm. think, hey, that person could be a car. Okay, now this is this is the most direct thing you've said so far. Continue. So the Illuminati makes those people into cars. Sometimes those people have to come back. So what do they do? They clone them, and they turn one of them into a car and leave the rest here. And that is, of course, the true true facts about how doppelgangers came to be. Doppelgangers, you see, it's, it's a mythos about sure. how people used to have their children kidnapped by elves mm-hmm. and replaced by either another elf or uh, an enchanted piece of wood. Sure. So what I'm saying is, the Illuminati, of course, has time travel. So throughout history, the Illuminati have gained more power and more elusivity through the usage of doppelgangers. And what do you do when you have too many people and nowhere to put them? Put them in a cars verse, I guess. Into the cars verse. Okay. That's right, Lucas. So you may think, why are some of these characters just so kooky, so weird? And I say, it's because they live in a universe, a cars world, that is based on our current time and place, but every single one of them is from a different time, a different place, and they have no idea what's going on because they're just a car clone. Okay, you got there after doing some bits, I assume, to think of an actual theory. Uh, <laughs> so just to be clear, the in this theory, the Carsverse is a parallel universe, not a like forward in time kind of situation, yes? In this, in this uh, scientific fact... Okay, the, the Carsverse is actually a pocket dimension okay. that is being used as a prison by the Illuminati. Sort of like a Phantom Zone situation. Phantom mm-hmm. Zone, is that the correct terminology? Yes. Okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? Uh, I was going to go with parallel universes as well. Maybe, I don't know, a little bit more directly than however you got there. Uh, but, you know, you got there. So what am I going to do? Edit whatever you said earlier out? Maybe. Who can say? Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think that could be a big part of it because it's not just Jay Limo, you know, it's one of our other favorite examples, Boat Reynolds shows up. Lucas, there are more. Oh, John, there are so many more. The, how many more? Who who do you have? List well, them. Well, I'll do my best. At I'm least gonna, three. Yeah. Boat Reynolds, I already said, uh, they, he's one of our favorites because they say, Boat, I loved you in the best little boathouse in Texas, which is a reference to the best little whorehouse in Texas, which is a weird thing to reference in Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Uh, also, it's funny to think as of a boat as an actor. Another one of my favorites is Prince William of England, who is, you know, Prince William, grandson of the Queen. The Queen also shows up, but I think they just refer to her as the Queen. So I guess she may not be Queen Elizabeth. She probably is, but it's not certain. But anyway, Prince William it is for sure. That's his name. And then there are just a bunch of the NASCAR, the, the people in the racing scene. Like that's where they're all concentrated because, you know, the people who made cars were like, let's do a bunch of cool little cameos and references to the different drivers and announcers and everything. So, like, Dale Earnhardt Jr., I don't even think they changed his name. They may maybe just refer to him as Jr. Yes, I only remember them ever saying Jr. But it's Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, Mm -hmm. And 
like all all of the announcers are actual NASCAR announcers. Like I actually have these open. Daryl Car Trip is Daryl Wall Trip. <laughs> oh, this is fun. He's it's lists his hometown as Kentucky. Go Cats. <laughs> Got Brent Mustang Burger, who is Brent Musburger, uh, and Bob Cutlass, who is Bob Costas. Okay, okay. And it goes on like that. Now, let's take a quick diversion. I'd love to. You did say hometown was Kentucky. Yes. It's not a hometown. It's a home state. Okay, okay. I just, uh, I was, I'm, I'm a little curious as to whether or not there is a town just named Kentucky. I would like that. I bet there is somewhere just, you know, with how many towns there are mm-hmm. in the world. But who can say? There's no way to know for sure. But they do list it as hometown, not home state. So you can see maybe it may be. The world of cars com has never once been wrong. So. All right. So. Yes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what inspired this episode. Okay. I would love to, John. You You do it. You sent me a link to a YouTube video uh, from a series, I assume, where there are some children hosts who uh, are on the RSN, the Racing Something uh, Network. Racing Sports Network. Sports Network. Okay. It's also a thing within the Carsverse, but they just co-opted it for their little series. All right. So uh, you sent me this video. I'm like, okay, these little kids talking about cars. Made me feel a little weird because, like, we talk about cars, but then I was like, well, these kids aren't going to say, like, genitals, so that's something. Yeah, they won't say the word whorehouse in their <laughs> little show, probably. True. Uh, and then then I was like, okay, so it's it's kids, it's friendlier, it's going to be, like, a nice little viewing experience. And then these kids were just savage. Yeah, they were pretty rude to these these NASCAR drivers they had on. <laughs> There, there were three NASCAR drivers that they had on, and they were like, oh, hey, how are you? Uh, nice thing. Tell us about your car's experience becoming cars. Get out of here, was basically the feeling that I got. <laughs> they, yeah. they like to pull the rug out from underneath every single one of them. Yeah, which I guess, I mean, this was fully made for kids. I'm not going to, like, mince around that. Like, this was a promotional thing they did to, like, uh, promote a few new die casts they made of these NASCAR drivers as cars. If you're curious, I don't know how many of you actually follow racing. I'm going to say maybe zero of you, but they were Austin Dillon, William Byron, and Chase Elliott. But yeah, they just, every time the kids wanted to be finished with the interview, they would just interrupt the racer mid-sentence and say, okay, we're done, or that's all we got time for. And again, it was very clearly like a, a joke, but it was weird. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was weird. Yeah. But then we get to the other thing. The like main topic was that these racers had diecast models. Mm-hmm. And the, the whole point was, oh, you've been turned into a car. Ha ha. Let's talk about that. And then they show the car. And I got to say, Lucas, uh-huh. every single time they described those diecast models, they said, oh, it looks just like you. It looked nothing like any of them. And to an extent, I get it. I don't know how it can't be easy to make a car look like a man. And it was their job to sell it. And they did their best. But these cars did not look like these people. See, the second car, I was like, okay, that looks just like the first car. They all have the same face, which is something. 
uh, I think they're all the basic same model. But the second one, I thought, oh, that car has very bright blue eyes. And the person I just looked at, I can't tell if they have blue eyes, but I thought it was brown. I think I looked it up and he did have blue eyes. Then I looked up the, the next person. By looked up, I mean, I didn't have to look up. This guy has very brown eyes. And the diecast model, of course, did have blue eyes. Oops. So I'm thinking that they just used the same diecast and just repainted it. And that was it. So these three racers are all the same person. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. But <laughs> the sort of crux of the episode and why we actually looked at this is... And I want to preface this by, I don't know, I guess breaking character for a second of the, like, Lucas who overanalyzes everything. There's no way (laughs) that Pixar was like, ah, this will be considered canon. (laughs) This will add to our rich canon of the Cars first. And quite frankly, they shouldn't, like, be expected to have this be canon but they put it out there, and I'm back in character now, and we're going to consider it canon, so sorry. It's official. It was made by the official Cars YouTube channel. So, uh, <laughs> But anyway, the reason why we want to talk about this is the way they framed these interviews was each of them were asked, like, what was it like to be turned into a car? Not in the sense of like, ah, what an honor to be honored by the Cars brand. No, like, they were like, what was, did it hurt when you were physically transmogrified into a car? And then the the NASCAR driver said, a bit, but it was worth it. Yeah, uh, the transformation, I can only assume, was very much like Turbo Teen. Yeah. uh, Except instead of it being a willing thing or anything brought on by heat, their body just is forcibly turned into a car. But let's talk about something they talked about during this. Uh, they had tires put on. Yeah, they, they did what we've often described. We've often wondered if tires are shoes. And one of the drivers made that exact comparison. So, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's Confirmed. better to have four tires than two tires, which I think a lot of motorcyclists will disagree. A lot of car drivers will probably agree, though. Yep. <laughs> All right. So... There's there's all that. That's all a lot. But one thing I want to mention, the third man, the third racer. Chase Elliott. Was this... He was transformed, right? Uh, was this his only time being transformed? John, I'm so glad you brought it up. Because, no, it looks like he was in one of the Cars movies. <laughs> As a car, he like did a, one of those little guest cameos that I talked about, how they like to... Do little cameos from real race car drivers. But, okay. And he talked as if he was physically transformed for also his movie appearance. Mm-hmm. And again, this breaking character, this is a promotional thing they are going to show children. So I get it. But back in character, no. The timeline you have laid out is Chase Elliott was a human. He was transmogrified into Chase, I think, Race Lot, which is not even a good car's pun, name pun, for his movie appearance. Then he was transformed back into a human, then transformed back into a different car. It is not the same design as his movie appearance for this die cast. And then transformed back into a human for this interview he's doing with what looks like a six-year-old. Okay. Maybe eight. Okay. Two Let's talk about this. 
I'd love to, John. So those three cast models. Yeah. I think that they're the same model. I think they're the same model, which makes this a lot worse because that means that not only is Chase Elliott two different doppelgangers in that universe, Mm -hmm. but he's also one of three of the same doppelganger. Yeah. It's not great. And like, I'm just trying to get into the fiction they've put out here. So what they've done is they've made little toys of these men as cars. At what point of the process do you need to physically transmogrify them into the car to make the toy of them? Just make the toy. Or is a small piece of their soul inhabiting every single Chase race lot (laughs) diecast that is going to be sold? All right, Lucas, let's talk about it. I would love to. I think what Chase Elliott is doing uh-huh. is he is Voldemort-like securing his soul by having pieces of his soul stored in different bodies. They're, they're horcruxes, okay. Yep, he is a bunch of horcruxes. All right, so <laughs> Chase Racelot, a.k.a. Chase Elliott. Yep, that's just Racelot. Why not Race Elliott? Because his name's not Chase. That's his nickname. What are you talking about? His name's Clyde. Goes by. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, but you can't you can't give a nickname to a nickname. That's too much. Legally, you can. It's in the Legally you can, and you're also required to in this situation. Freedom of speech, John. Look it up. So yeah, he's a bunch of tiny cars, I guess. He's a bunch of tiny cars. But let's let's get into it. All right, we talked about how it's they're doppelgangers. But this man is one of three triplets that are all not related and then also two different people. Well, I guess I guess the triplets thing might make some amount of sense. Let's get into how do we think they got transmogrified. Uh, I, that's easy. Okay. Illuminati. No. I think <laughs> The way they describe it, and the only reason I think it would be necessary to transmogrify them to base the toy off of them, because, like, if they were just, you know, made the squishy bit and built a car shell around, then they would have known what the car looks like, and they don't need to make him into a car to make the toy. They just make the toy because they know what he would look like. I think they have some sort of beam some sort of transmogrification beam not unlike what i think causes the initial transformation in turbo teen i haven't seen it we've looked so hard we can't find the series i do believe i've seen the first episode though yeah there are like two episodes we can't find but there are 13 total and we're not going to half do a job okay uh but so i imagine there's just a beam that they just shoot them with And then they look at them and they're like, oh, I guess that's what you look like as a car. And maybe just the settings weren't changed enough in between the three guys. They just did them one after another. Now, Lucas. Yeah. Here's the thing. Tell me the thing, John. I've been listening to a podcast called No Sleep. And in this podcast, it's a bunch of horror stories. Sure. And if there's anything I've learned from horror stories, it's that if you want to transform a person, you could put a parasite in them or... You can give them mysterious drugs. And I think that's the option we have to go with, that these people were fed mysterious drugs 
that gradually, painfully turned them into cars. Okay. So I think that this was a a fairly long experience. I think it took like a whole month for these people to become a car, which explains why it was painful. And yep. then it took a whole month to go back. Again, it's so important. The first guy I've closed out of the video, I could not be bothered to remember his name. Austin Dillon. Thank you, John. Did when they asked if it hurt. At first he was like, did what hurt? And then they're like, being transformed into a car, you idiot. Uh, <laughs> and then he was like, oh, I mean, yeah. So yeah, it the, whatever the process was, it did hurt. And I do like that because it keeps this almost random aspect of it that explains again why they would even need to turn them into cars to make the toys of them as cars okay uh lucas are you ready for a not very fun fact of the day Uh, go for it you and i are both older than two of the three people that were featured in that video i would argue that we're older than four of the five people featured in that video because there were also two children interviewing them. But I still don't like the spirit of the fact, John. I don't think that they're featured if they're the hosts. I disagree, but sem- semantically in ways that don't matter. Okay. So. Well, uh, yeah. The Of the three race car drivers, sure. we are older than two of them. Hmm. One of them by two years. Never like that kind of fact. Yep. We both uh. went to a big a big basketball school. Uh, that we grew up knowing about just because of the area we grew up in. I'll tell you, it's University of Kentucky. And just the realization, having grown up watching University of Kentucky basketball, I don't think I realized how young they were until I was older than them going to the same college as them, until I was 19 or 20. And I was like, oh, that was me two years ago, but incredibly more athletic. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Cool. And uh, sometimes you might say, oh, that was me two years ago, but also two feet taller. Yeah. <laughs> and I had one class with a basketball player. And like you might ask, OK, which student is in this class? The basketball player. No, you know, you'll know, you'll know, because either uh, someone will tell you or they will be two feet taller than you. <laughs> yeah. And they've got it. They all have the same matching backpacks, which I always thought was fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Now, just going to throw this one little bit out there. There was also the year that I realized that there was a student who is maybe a year or two younger than me, who was, in fact, also two inches shorter than me and Mm. was very good at basketball. And I was just, man, I was that decimated me right there. Yeah, the single best. How tall is Tyler Eulis, Liz? What, like five, nine? Five, nine. He's five, nine. Oh, dang. He's only one inch shorter than me then. Yeah, he certainly, I don't think, made it in the NBA, but he was an incredible college player. And that was weird, because he was 5'9". Anyway. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Let's talk about cars. (laughs) I would love to, John. I'm so glad you asked. So, we've got maybe some terrible pills. I guess really heavy in iron, am I right? It's not. Uh, Actually, no. It's going to be aluminum. But, like, iron's a thing we do. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) Or some sort of beam or something like that, transformed these poor, poor men into cars just to sell toys. I do really enjoy the scene when the trans transmogrification, which I'm going to keep calling it because it's fun to say, has completed and they go in. And I kind of imagine it like a stereotypical like college sculpting class or a college like figure drawing class where there's just a 
room full of designers like oh okay and they just sort of sketch them or sculpt them out to mm-hmm. design the toy and they probably feel very uncomfortable because they're car people all right lucas i yeah. do not want to burst your bubble but uh photogrammetry 3d photogrammetry has come such a long way that i don't think there's a chance that this major company that can afford uh terrifying drugs to turn people into cars doesn't just have like a camera set up that will scan them yeah that's fair i was gonna say like oh no i mean pixar it's art but we we have established that they have the technology to <laughs> transmogrify these poor poor men into cars so why wouldn't they have the tr- the existing real technology to just do a body scan uh <laughs> and uh, if you're if you're wondering like oh that's got to be extremely expensive well it's a diecast model that's very very like small version of the person so it doesn't need to be all that accurate and if you Go with that logic. Uh, you can get a 3D scanner, and by 3D scanner, I mean a thing that can 3D scan for like fifteen dollars. It's called the Xbox Connect, mm. and you can, in fact, use it to 3D scan yourself and someone else. And I bet they've got motion capture stuff at Pixar. Oh, absolutely! Like, like those little ping pong balls. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can at least borrow them from Marvel. Uh, <laughs> if they don't, uh, you just stick them all over them. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, time for an uh, interesting tidbit. Sure. Austin Dillon, also 5'9". Hey. He could be a basketball player. Couldn't any of us? No. Some if of us he were, are. If him. he were 12 years younger. Uh, <laughs> he's 30, so like, I guess there are basketball players that age, but you there know. fully are. <laughs> I'm, choosing to, I'm choosing to be bitter. But there probably aren't too many 5'9", 30-year-old professional basketball players. I'll give you that. Anyway, John, I'm going to talk about cars. Talk about cars. Okay, thank you. So, we have this bit, where these men say they were transformed into cars. One of them for the movies, one of them, the other two for these little toys. So are we assuming Jay Leno got transmogrified for his appearance in Cars? Alright, let's think about this. Jay Leno, was he in good standing when he retired? No, people got mad at him because of stuff with Conan. Uh, well, the thing is, they got mad at him over stuff with Conan because he refused to retire, kind of. Yeah. So once he retired, I think he was in better standing after that. Yeah, and yeah. he's had a good amount of success just being retired and talking about his favorite thing, which is cars. And he's also a very wealthy man still. Yeah. So I have to assume he was at least in okay standing, which means they don't need to banish him to the cars realm. Yes. Which has me thinking that uh, he may have volunteered because okay. what does the man love? Cars. He loves cars. So he finds out about the uh, weird shadow realm of the cars world. Yes. And he finds himself thinking, I love cars. I could car. So he cars and he becomes a car for at least a month or two because you gotta. That's it. Yeah, I could see that. And that would make sense for the... Uh, all of the NASCAR people, mm-hmm. because because there is a huge, like like I would say, and it makes sense because the movies focus on the racing scene that we see so many you know racers who are, but like if there is truly a larger number in the racing community of these doppelgangers, that would make sense. You if you're saying, I, I don't know, some people volunteer to be turned into car people, mm-hmm. and because a lot of the people are from this time because of just how uh, numbers work. The more people exist at one point in time, the more people you're going to have to take from that time if you're 
running an empire like this. So a lot of people are going to be from this time. So having Jay Limo just show up, of course, he's going to only have to be there for a month to be very famous again because people are going to already recognize who he is. Yeah. And, you know, maybe they just sort of if there were architects of this world, I mean, the manufacturer, I assume the Illuminati. I assume the Illuminati in this little thing you're doing are the manufacturer. You see, that's the secret. The manufacturer work for the Illuminati. So the, that's basically the same thing when it comes down to it as them just being the Illuminati. <laughs> you, you know how sometimes yeah. people go to Hollywood and they, they want to become rich and famous, but they don't ever seem to like make it. But you also never really hear from them again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm choosing to believe in a world that's much more positive and assume that those people are now working in the car's shadow realm as the manufacturer. <laughs> Because otherwise, you have to face a grim reality that I don't want to think about. Sure, man. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, if they could also have just engineered it so, you know, Jay Limo was famous. Like, they just slid him into the slot and gave him this power. And then the people are like, yeah, he's what's on. Sure. One thing I wanted to get into, and I'm going to preface this by saying this is potentially getting into WandaVision spoilers. <laughs> I haven't seen the latest episode. Okay. It's based on a fan theory. Okay. So it could, and fan theory and stuff that has happened in the comics. So if you're not interested in hearing these things that, I don't know, could happen in WandaVision, I don't know, don't listen to this part. But just like mute it and keep it running. We need that playtime, people. True, and also if you're really against that, why are you listening to this episode? If you've heard either of the last two episodes, where we, we have been talking about WandaVision a lot. About WandaVision. It's so good. It's incredible. I recommend you watch the next episode whenever you can, John. It's a very good one. But in the comics, Scarlet Witch, as well as a few other just people, are what are called nexuses. And again, I only know this because it's a WandaVision fan theory, and I've been reading a lot of those. And what that means is that they are basically the same person across every, like, universe in the multiverse. Famously, Merlin is also one. Yes. So I'm wondering if that maybe just Burt Reynolds is a nexus, you know? Maybe Jay Leno and Burt Reynolds and just an inordinate amount of people in the racing scene are multiversal constants almost all right however yeah if that is the case then would he not just be a human being in the cars world or a car in this world now john i'm gonna be honest or i I mean a boat because he is boat reynolds yes i don't really know much more about nexuses past that but maybe there's some sort of like like semi nexus where like Burt Reynolds is so it's so important to the universal structure that they have to have something adjacent to Burt Reynolds at least. Okay, so like DC's Paragons. Sure. Yes. Okay. Yes. So uh well, here's the problem with yes. that. It's that uh well, as as anyone listening to this and everyone listening to this, I'm assuming everyone in the world knows, uh Scarlet Witch is not just a mutant. She mm-hmm. is also famously a witch. 
she has magic as well as reality altering powers based on uh, probability. So a lot of her magic comes from the fact that she's a mutant who is also a nexus. It's this very strange thing where all of those three things combined to allow her to manipulate reality by changing probability, by making sure that this is the reality in which the outcome is desirable. Mm-hmm. So uh, my question to you is, are you saying that Jay Leno and Boat Reynolds are in fact also witches or wizards? I wasn't saying that, but I guess now you backed me into a corner where I am in fact saying that. Okay, that does solve my earlier problem. <laughs> you know, like what do I know about Burt Reynolds' personal life. All right, so the reason that solves the problem is, of course, if you follow the storyline of Merlin as a nexus, he changes his form very intentionally throughout time and space so that he can match the environment and whatever people will perceive him as. So, of course, becoming a car person would be easy for Mr. Boat Reynolds. Yeah, like he just needs to, even though he's this universal constant, like, I don't know, he doesn't want to be social outcast you know mm-hmm. and the same with daryl daryl cartrip and brent mustang burger and bob cutlass okay but here's the problem with that yeah is that they had to be transformed they had to be turned into it so i no, can't assume I, that they're nexuses yeah i'm 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 classifying our three nascar drivers as something different i was those okay. were the three like announcers all right who i just said all right so the announcers are, of course, since they are announcers, they are heralds, and any herald is sure. going to be likely to be a nexus. As you so, all know. Of course. Uh, so since heralds are, of course, nexuses, they are the ones who get to choose who goes across. Mm, okay. I will say that uh, one person who can act as a nexus is, of course, the Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange, yes. who, of course, is going to interact with Scarlet Witch. So... There's going to be something like that, but that would mean that uh, he could be the person who is able to transfer people through realities and transform those race car drivers. But here's the thing, Lucas. Tell me the thing, Johnny. Here's the thing, Lucas. Oh, yeah. I already said what I say when you say that, so. Okay. So you know how I was talking about the Illuminati? I, yes, I do know that. Marvel has its own Illuminati. Good. I don't know who they are, but I'm excited to learn about them, bud. Well, they're the people who decide major things throughout the universe, and they're the people who like to interact with things. In the Illuminati and the Avengers, I know that there are members such as uh, Namor, Iron Man at some points, Doctor Strange, it seems, uh, Black Bolt, uh, Mr. Fantastic, Charles Xavier. So yeah, if, in fact, Doctor Strange is in the Illuminati, then that means that my whole episode theory is one thing where the Illuminati controls who goes in and out. They can put people in there in prison, and there are also nexuses that also exist. So all of these theories go hand in hand and work. They mesh together very perfectly because, of course, Doctor Strange, a.k.a. Bendyface Cumberbund. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he is, of course, Doctor Strange in our world, and he is a nexus, and he is the one sending people into the car's shadow realm. Yeah, why not? I do think it's fun because I looked it up. I thought you were saying there is something like akin to the Illuminati. No, it's just the Illuminati. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, it's straight up Marvel's Illuminati. Yeah, and it's, it's called the Illuminati. 
whenever people are in the Illuminati, even if they're good guys, they just happen to act much worse for some reason. Cool. Why not? You know? Yeah, I could uh. dig that. I, I am very interested. And we've sort of touched on this a little bit, just in the fact that I've mentioned it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am going to get into the question from Liz, which was sent to me live during the recording of this episode. And it is, I have a question. If they were changed to cars for the movie, were they changed back to human since they were human in the interview? Uh, referring to our three uh, NASCAR drivers in our uh, children's YouTube video that we've based an episode of our podcast about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, again, pointing out uh, two people who are doing what we're doing, but in a much more professional setting and in a much more to do advertised and uh, successful style of way. And they're just, uh, I don't know, nearly one fifth of our age. Cool. But yeah, I do want to talk about these three who have been transformed into cars and then transformed back because this isn't the same as our Nexus theory where there's just a version of them that exists in multiple universes, it they were made into cars and then pulled back into being human. Now, here's here's one way to think about it. Yeah. If we go weird science pill that transforms you, it could be that they were given the pill until they transformed, they performed their duties as the car, and then they just didn't take the pill anymore and their body mm-hmm. reverted back to normal. Or they were given some sort of anti-pill, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, my theory is that they don't necessarily need to be transformed back. It's they just revert to their natural state of being, which I have to assume is also a very, very painful process. I could, I almost imagine it as a more painful process. Mm-hmm. See, going from being a normal person to something much larger just requires, like, some growing pains and, you know... Uh, getting bigger and turning metallic and getting wheels. But to be a very large vehicle and to become something much smaller, I've seen that happen. I'm pretty sure I've even seen the results in cars too. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I have to, I have to say it looks excruciating. Yeah. John is referring to when cars get crushed into cubes. And one thing I, I got to say about, I assume that being turned into a car, we have said that the cars can feel pain but like in a different way than us. Cause like how do pain receptors work in metal? You know, they mm-hmm. wouldn't work as well. So I imagine the process from becoming human to car is you lose a lot of pain receptors, but the process of becoming car to human is you gain a lot of pain receptors, like pain receptors grow back. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just that alone sounds a lot more painful to me. I mean, going on what you're saying, it could be that they're just gaining like this hardened shell around those pain receptors that they're yeah. going to be then losing. So either way, it's going to be a lot more painful getting them back. And if you think about it, if you go without pain for a whole month because you've been a car for that month and then you start feeling the same amount of pain as a normal human just day to day, that's going to be excruciating just because you've gotten used to not feeling pain. Yeah, and either way, uh, pill or beam, if if we're talking about them just reverting without any sort of aid, I imagine if they gave them a pill or shot them with some sort of ray, part of that would be helping them through the transition. Mm-hmm. Like something in the pill would be a painkiller. 
But if they're just going back cold turkey, nothing helping them, I, I don't know. It all in all, sounds very, very painful. All right. So if we're assuming that it's not, in fact, Pill, mm-hmm. then we could assume that if we're going the Disney owns Marvel route, that they are, in fact, going through Hulk transformations. Okay. Which leads me to believe that uh, the Hulk, the secret is that he's always angry, right? Sure, yes. What what emotion do you have to feel to become a car? I mean, we've mentioned Turbo Teen a lot this episode, so I'm just going to lean on that. That's Heat. Yeah, I'm not Which saying, is it, Red Hulk. Is that true? He, uh, his gamma radiation is weird. He's red because his powers are more based on heat than strength. Huh. The more angry he gets, the more hot he gets, and he can just, like, burst into flame. Weird. But yeah, I'm going to lean on Turbo Teen and say it's not an emotion. It's much like Turbo Teen. It's whenever they get too warm, I guess, <laughs> they turn to cars. Which, if you don't know, also applies to like if he eats a spicy pepper, which is very funny to me. Okay. I do have a counter proposal. Okay, hit me. What is the first thing that is ever said in the Cars films? I am speed. I am speed what is a car but a go fast machine if i've said it once i've said it a hundred times you've summed it up real well so a car is of course a go fast machine yes and these race car drivers they like to go fast Mm -hmm. and disney owns something that makes people go real fast roller coasters roller coasters okay so what my proposal is is that You know how there are training simulations for cars? Yeah. And you know how there's one in in Cars World? Yeah, there's also one in Epcot in Disney World called Test Track. What if these roller coasters are designed to suss out people that have the inherent car gene? Okay, we're we're going back to mutants. I love it. They make you go so fast... That you turn into a car. And maybe uh, I like You have to... to feel speed, Lucas. Yes. But I like to think that like the transformation isn't like complete. Otherwise we would hear stories of, you know, roller coaster cars at Disney exploding all the time because there was a, suddenly a car in them. I mean, what do you think those like hidden compartments are for? It's fair. There are areas where you go into like tunnels where it's really dark and you might have your picture taken or you might have surveillance footage yes. seeing if you're turning into a car so they can change the track direction to hide your car transformation. See, I was going to go into the ride photo. I think that the ride photo is much more sophisticated than we've we've given credit and is again the tra- the speed from these roller coasters well a lot of them are genuinely very fast, isn't enough for the full transformation, but maybe there are very subtle, like you become a little shiny. You start co- becoming whatever paint job you have. Your hands get rubbery or something. Your head starts to shrink into your torso and then elongate forward. <laughs> your eyes get just a little closer together. Stuff your like eyes that. suddenly become very, very huge with no skin in between. Yes. Much like a Sonic the Hedgehog situation. What what I think we're both trying to get here is 
if you see a blurry picture on a roller coaster, you can you can justify it. Oh, it's I was moving too much, but nah, you're becoming a car. Yeah, and and uh, Disney has some very sophisticated like auto technology, or maybe just like uh, operators looking at all of the ride photos and saying, ah, we got one. And I don't know, Disney's got enough money for hit squads <laughs> to just go and to grab and bag you, you know? You say hit squads. I say people who will direct you towards the training rides. They gather all the people who are starting to transform during the roller coasters, and they put them on a special training ride that will actually train them to control their car transformation. Little known fact, Lucas. Uh-huh. Vin Diesel is, in fact, one of these wear cars. Okay. The reason he is so well known for his Fast and Furious movies is because he is both the man, the myth, the legend, and also the car. Okay, that that, that must save him some money, you know, on mm-hmm. having to buy these expensive cars. He's just uh, say, okay, then get fast, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, sure, I am speed. Many years. I thought you were going to go Iron Giant with that, since he voices the Iron Giant, and that's a big metal boy. See, that's how they found it out originally. Okay, it's a documentary. <laughs> they were they were doing the Iron Giant, and they realized, man, there's there's a quality to this man's voice that's just very mechanical. We got to figure this out. You'd think that they added like some intense like sound filtering to his voice performance. But no, he just accessed something deep inside. And little known fact, the second half of the movie is actually live action, but they they just put some like intense filters on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, visual filters to make it match the first half. Of course, there was green screen because you needed to have the animated character still in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but as, as you're saying, uh, it's just a lot of filters that aren't actually there. Mm-hmm. You think they're there. But the reason he got the role to begin with is because he was running late to the audition. So he had to speed to get there. And he went so fast that when he started doing his uh, vocal warm ups, his recordings and his audition, he actually had that mechanical tone to him. Yeah. And he saw one of the producers was exercising his right to open carry. uh, And he saw that and his eyes turned red and all of his (laughs) special, (laughs) special anti-gun guns came out. And he destroyed three city blocks, but he got the part. Uh, Oh, boy. This is my favorite movie of all time. I'm enjoying this bit, but also it hurts me a little bit to do it. (laughs) It's so good. Okay, so Vin Diesel is, in fact, a car person. Yes, and and just the Iron Giant. (laughs) And just the Iron Giant. Somehow, he's both. Don't worry about it. Now, are there people who are, in fact, fans of Guillermo del Toro's work who started working with him only to discover that they were going to become the giant fighting robots in Pacific Rim. You see, we've been asked, one of our listeners, Rob, tweeted at us once to ask us to do an Iron Giant origin story. And when I thought about it, I was like, you know, we could just tie it right into Pacific Rim, say that the Iron Giant is a prequel to Pacific Rim and we've already tied Pacific Rim into it. And yeah, that's fully what I'm saying. Rob, you tweeted that at us a long time ago. There is your one minute origin story for the Iron Giant. All right, let's talk about this, though. Yeah. In the Iron Giant, spoiler alert, he comes apart at the end oh. and his pieces are everywhere. Yeah. 
What if those pieces were trying to find their way back to become the whole giant again, but instead got lodged into cars and turned those cars into people? Yeah, you know, we don't see the giant reforming at the end. And of course, you're going to take the happy ending away from me by doing this. But yeah, it works. I prefer mine where just the U.S. government, who is like the villain of the Iron Giant, just saw saw him and we're like, yeah, we got to make us one of those. And I love how you said of the Iron Giant after that. It's just the villain. I get it. <laughs> but, and then, then some monsters happened and they're like, oh, good thing we were working on these things. Jeez. <laughs> just shared the designs with the world to fight off the kaiju who are in Pacific Rim, and that's how the mm-hmm. Jaegers, all Jaegers can trace their lineage back to the Iron Giant. And the Iron Giant, let me tell you, would just hate that. He's not a gun. Oh, <laughs> God. I feel, I hate this. But, yeah, it works, I guess. He's Superman. Oh, He's Superman. Oh, boy. Uh, there were there were a few key things in my childhood that made me love Superman, and that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, you, you you hear all the time that he's a symbol of hope and he's inspiration. And then you see that movie and you're like, oh, I get it now. The robot wants to be better. And he identifies with Superman. Oh, I can't do this or I will actively start crying. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's yeah. talk about cars and how people get become cars. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's how we got on this, huh? Vin Diesel. Anyway, mm-hmm. Vin Diesel is a Nexus. Sure, why not? Vin Diesel is yet another Nexus. Groot, you know, he's Vin Diesel. And he's, he's Vin Diesel. Uh, he's a very similar character to the Iron Giant, if you think about it. I don't want to explain why. Yep, they're both tall. <laughs> that, that, that's the one. It's the only one. <laughs> We've got more off the rails, but I've had a lot of fun with this one. All right. The cars are people sometimes. So, do we think that in a future installment of Cars, there will ever be a person? I mean, no. I Do I want that to happen? Yes. Because then, I don't know, man. We would have content for the rest of our, our God-given lives, you know? All right, but hear me out. Yeah. There's a movie. Yes. In which spatial dimensional travel is a thing and it's a pixar movie that is of course monsters university and and monster sync but yes go ahead so uh so we know that they can already travel to a realm not their own where Mm. there are a different type of creature so what if there's a door where a person goes through it and all of a sudden they're in Cars World. Here's yeah, that... the hitch. It would have to be a garage door. Mm. That's a good detail. I'm glad you threw that in. That did always seem like an easier way to do unified Pixar theory to me than whatever convoluted mess unified Pixar theory is. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. We already got a multiverse with the Monsters, Inc. universe and the human universe. Why not just, yeah, they're all universes. They're different doors. Who cares? But anyway, uh... <laughs> Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Why not? I like the garage door angle. That's it's, it's a fun thing. All right, all right. And we've got, and in a weird way, Mike and Sully are nexuses 
they do exist as the same person in two different realms. The only problem is not those ours. realms are ours and cars. Yeah, if if the assumption is, and it is, that Monsters Inc. they open doors into our universe, then yeah, I guess because there is a Mike and Sully car. Not just who appear in the movie Monster Trucks, Inc. on the drive-in, but they make a brief cameo in one of Mater's Tall Tales as just existing cars. And maybe those people were cosplaying. Who knows? Maybe. But But I was going with the idea that in our world, they are characters in a kid's film called Monsters, Inc. And in the Cars world, they are characters in a kid's film Named Monster Trucks Inc. Yes. So in both of our realms, they are the same person. It's just in our world, they're humanoid monsters, whereas in theirs, they're carified monsters. And I guess that would more importantly imply that the writers of Monsters Inc. and Monster Trucks Inc. are Nexuses themselves. Mm-hmm. Which is, of course, how Pixar has turned every employee at Pixar, into a Nexus. And that's actually a thing. I I meant to bring this up. So many of the cars are named after Pixar employees, and that's just, like, a fun thing they've done. Mm -hmm. But, like, one of our favorites, Steve Hersell, is, like, named after a Pixar employee who works on cars. Probably just, you know, Steve Hersell, but, like, not pronounced with the emphasis on hearse. I can't remember. Maybe Herschel. I don't have it in front of me. Herschel or Purcell? uh, Purcell? Yeah, and John Lassatire does in fact appear as Jeff Gorvet's crew chief. Weird. So he can't be a nexus in that sense because he's not the same person. Yeah, but he also appeared at the Carsland Grand Opening Ceremony. Okay, I'm already doing it. This is the, the the wiki quote of the day, but like in the middle of it. In media res, that's a theater term, of the day. Give me that uh, verisimilitude of the day. Yeah, man, you got it. So we that's are... what that is. No, I know, bud. Uh, we are on worldofcarsdriving.fandom.com slash wiki slash John Lassatire. And right here, it, it, there's most of it is about his bio as Jeff Gorvetz who is Jeff Gordon, another Nexus, uh, crew chief. But if you go down to Carsland Grand Opening Ceremony, it reads, John Lassatire made an appearance at the Grand Opening Ceremony of Carsland. While John Lassiter was talking, John Lassatire appeared on the screen telling him about an idea for a new Cars tune, which would be about a green truck with wooden doors, which is him. However, John Lasseter tells him that he's busy and that he can call his office later on. So that, to me, is a more direct, like, I guess, because if you also go up to occupation, it li- <laughs> it gives a little slash. It's Jeff Gorvet's crew chief slash Pixar filmmaker and chief creative officer. All right. So he just has another job. He's just got a side gig. He is, in fact, a Nexus who had a conversation with himself in front of us. Yeah. That's something. That's a lot. Terrifying? Maybe. (laughs) If he were to talk to himself and then like, just like get nudge a little closer and then like bump fists or something with the tire, 
would that cause a singularity? Well, one, yes. Uh, <laughs> two, in the quotes section, there is fully just the transcript of their conversation. And I can't not read that on our podcast. So <laughs> I'm going to do that. John Lassatire. Psst, John, 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 up here. Oh, boy. Yeah, um, hi. Uh, oh, boy. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to John Lassatire, my alter ego from Cars 2. How's it going? Hey, I got a great idea for a new Cars tune. It's about a pickup truck with wood paneling. Huh? Oh, wow. That sounds really great, John. Um, I'm gonna have to think about it a little bit. Oh, come on. Pickup trucks with wooden paneling are the next big thing, dude. Okay, okay, okay. We'll definitely get together. I'm a little busy right now opening Cars Land. Call my office. Okay, I'll call your office. I'll I'll get it on your schedule. You know, it's gonna be, like, next year sometime. You're gonna love it when you hear it. Enjoy the rest of the ceremony, dude. Bye, everyone. Drives away. John Lasseter. <laughs> See you next. See you later, John Lassatire from Cars 2. So, I don't know. It seems like he's pretty awkward and annoyed with his alter ego. And we have lost John, which is a shame because I did just read that long thing. So, I don't know. Hopefully we get John back. Oh, he's back. There we go. Boy, howdy. Okay, so I touched a thing with my foot and everything turned off and then I turned it back on. Nice, bud. So yeah, don't touch things with your foot. That's a good thing. How much of that extensive conversation I was reading did you hear? Uh, I heard you say that they had it, and that was it. Okay. Well. <laughs> All right. There's a trans a full transcript of the conversation, and it goes a little something like what you said. Yeah, I'm just going to send it to you so you can just skim it real quick. It's in the chat if you see it. The long and short of it is, as you read it, Human John Lassiter seems pretty annoyed and just sort of standoffish to his alter ego, John Lassatire. All right, but hear me out. One of yeah. them is a human man, and yeah. the other one is a cartoonish version of that human man. And essentially, what's that going to be? That's going to be a caricature of yourself. And who are you going to dislike more than a caricature of yourself? No, I fully get it. Like, that is a good way to put it, Johnny. <laughs> but, I don't know. I just think it's very funny that how this went is John Lasseter is just like, oh, brother, this guy. <laughs> Give me a second. I can't believe this is happening while I'm here opening Cars Land and John Lassatire from Cars 2 has shown up. <sighs> I can't believe it's not butter. And in fact, it is me as a truck talking about his wood paneling. Talking, pitching, pitching me a Cars tune about himself. Just good stuff. I don't really know what the implications of the fact that John Lasseter and John Lassatire have interacted in public. Now, Lucas, there's a, there's some troubling, uh, I don't know how to phrase this. I'm bothered by this website that you have sure. sent me a link to. Because I yeah. want you to look at the picture of John Lassatire. Yes. Now scroll down and look at the picture of John Lassatire. Oh yeah, they look different. See, like, a paint job is one thing. The wood paneling. But the yeah. wood paneling exists on only one of them, and one of them seems to be a just a different model of truck. Yeah, 
the coloring's also a little different. He has what looks like a little brim of a hat almost in his wood paneling version. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. They're both confirmed as John Lassatire. I don't know what to tell you, but I think John Lassiter is pulling a Lord Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, Chase Racealot or whatever his name was. <laughs> How there are two different versions of him. Canon in the Carsverse, I think. Mm-hmm. John Lassatire is just another, I don't know, doppelganger of a doppelganger. Which has me thinking way too much about the idea of, okay, so Illuminati, Marvel Illuminati, Nexuses, Disney. Disney owns everything. Yes. What if Disney is trying to establish a hold on multiple realms so that it can make itself functionally immortal? That sounds like something they'd do. And sending the the chief creative officer of Pixar into the cars first is one way to do it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which is real spooky. And boy, howdy, there's just, there's too much to think and not think about with the fact that there are so many people who are multiple people within every universe. Yeah, I think that about sums it up. All right. <laughs> I will say, I don't know. Any of these people who are also cars would be another diecast I want. Because, I don't know, it's tripped me out pretty good. Fair enough. But that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you for sticking with us last week. We just wanted to take the week off, so we did. And we appreciate you letting us do that. I don't know how you would have stopped us, but you didn't. So we appreciate you not doing that. Uh... And if you want to send us ideas for stuff to talk about, you can do so. You can either send us like a prompt for one of our established little series of episodes like uh, Moments in History, Origin Stories, Autobiographies. We have more than that, but who can remember? Or you can just send us a general idea like, hey, Jay Leno is in the Carsverse. What's up with that? And we'll maybe talk about it. You can do that at our twitter which is at the kachat or send us an email at the at gmail.com both of those are all one word there isn't a hyphen in there now if i if i were a betting man i'd say john was gonna say some stuff remember to like comment subscribe and also john laster has two variants and one of them has brown eyes and one of them has blue oops <laughs> remember to tell anyone and everyone that you think might be the least bit interested in this podcast and until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a beamer!